welcome everyone to our worship. We're so glad that you could join us here today. We're so happy for you, uh, for those joining us as guests in our worship, and also for those, all of you at home. We look forward to the day when we can see all of you here gathered together in God's house. Now, as you know, the order to shelter in place will not be lifted anytime soon, so we are planning to record our entire Holy Week services through Easter Sunday. We appreciate the input we have received on these recorded services and pray that they are a continued blessing for you. We also want to give a special thanks to Eric Stocky, who has been indispensable to the recording of these services. Uh, watch the website as we are also planning and providing online opportunities for Bible study in the very near future. We continue to pray for all of those who are suffering due to the coronavirus, asking our Heavenly Father for relief. We know our God is reaching out to us to call upon him in the day of trouble. We have been very blessed so far with a relatively small number of people who have been infected in our area, but the numbers are increasing. We should pray that God would help those in need, but we should also pray God to God to remember us in his mercy so that we may not become calloused or complacent in faith because the virus has not touched our own doors. God humbles the proud but lifts up the humble. In Chronicles 7, God says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now today, because of the order to shelter in place, we cannot reenact the triumphal entry of our Lord as he came into Jerusalem. We must use our sanctified imaginations of that great day. Now Palm Sunday is the beginning of Holy Week, which flows from the joyous celebration to the lonely cross and then to the glorious resurrection of Jesus. As we are able, let us make a special place in our hearts to know God's love more fully this week as we watch his son set his face like a flint and march to the cross for the salvation of the world. We begin today's worship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. The Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the 12th chapter. To you. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel! And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went out to meet him was they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We praise you, God, 
for redeeming the world through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we remember that he entered the holy city in triumph and was proclaimed Messiah and King by those who spread garments and palm branches along his way. Bless these palm branches and grant us grace to follow our Lord in the way of the cross so that, joined to his death and resurrection, we may enter into life with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We confess, most merciful God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, was tempted in every way, yet without sin. We confess before you that we have sinned. We have hungered after that which does not satisfy. We have compromised with evil. We have doubted your power to protect us. Forgive our lack of faith, mercy on our weakness. Restore us in such love and trust that we may walk in your ways and delight in doing your will. People of God, hear this good news. God's covenant with us is true. God is faithful even when we fail. Through the Holy Spirit, God gives us the gift of faith and makes us righteous. Believe in the good news. You are set free to live as children of God. Amen. Thanks be to God. We continue our worship with the sharing of the peace and the singing of our song of praise.
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Mercifully grant that we may follow the example of his great humility and patience and be made partakers of his resurrection through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
Amen. We continue our worship with readings from Holy Scripture. The Old Testament lesson for this Palm Sunday is from the prophet Isaiah, the 50th chapter. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens, he awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who would pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson is in Paul's letter to the Philippians, the second chapter. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being, formed in human, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the twelfth chapter. O Lord. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, 
not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light among you is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him, so that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. For again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that came from man more than the glory that comes from God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We continue our worship with the singing of our sermon hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. There comes a time in every child's life when he or she learns the value of a day's work. For some children, this awareness comes with the first lemonade stand or at a family yard sale at which a few of those piled up Happy Meals um, may be redeemed. The toys, that is. Maybe you've got a trash bag full of Beanie Babies. You know, those little stuffed toys that you've collected over the years and saved, hoping that one day you could cash them in and be rich. For a certain young boy named Bradley, he was eight years old, this awareness arrived one morning before breakfast. Somehow he managed to slip under the mother's, his mother's plate a folded piece of paper. It was a bill. Scrawled in crayon were these words. Mother owes Bradley for running errands 25 cents, for being good 10 cents, for taking piano lessons 15 cents, for extras 5 cents, total 55 cents. Bradley's mother smiled when she saw the note, but didn't say a word. As he returned for lunch, little Bradley discovered to his delight that at his place was a little pile of coins, 55 cents to be exact. He discovered something else as well, another folded piece of paper. He opened it, read it. In his mother's handwriting were these words. Bradley owes mother for nursing him through the chicken pox. Nothing. For being good to him, nothing. For providing clothes, shoes, and playthings, nothing. For his playroom, nothing. For his meals, nothing. Total, nothing. Little Bradley got the point. He learned a valuable lesson that day, a lesson about love that it has no price. Love, true love, is literally priceless. Out in this harsh and unforgiving world of ours, there are those who are all too eager to put a price on love. There are those who seek to market something that bears a superficial resemblance to love, of course, through various shady businesses that thrive in darkened nightclubs with flashing neon signs. But far more common and more insidious are those daily emotional transactions in which many of us become enmeshed. It's easy for grown-up people who ought to know better to practice the same sort of accounting demonstrated by young Bradley with his crayon bill for services rendered. The only difference is most adults would never even think about putting it down on paper. There may be no bill under the breakfast plate, but still there's what the lawyers and politicians are fond of calling a quid pro quo, and that's Latin for This for that. 
What I'm speaking about is a kind of scorekeeping approach to marriage or family life that can poison intimate relationships. The tally may be kept as purely mental construct, but make no mistake, the tally is there. Every act of kindness, every favor performed, every expression of affection comes with a price, which is the expectation that one day in the not-so-distant future, it will be reciprocated in kind. And if too many days pass by without a reasonable number of corresponding gestures, then resentment begins to build. Hostility rears its hideous head. In time, the breakfast table, the family room, and even the bedroom become battlegrounds. That's what happens when you put a price on love. Jesus never put a price on love. That's one thing that was absolutely and utterly consistent about his life as we read about about it in the Gospels. Never did he demand anything in payment for the love he extended to others. He always offered the gift free of charge and without any expectation that the gift would be returned in kind. We come to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, where the Apostle Paul portrays just how wondrous a gift this is. It's a famous passage known as the kenosis passage. Kenosis is the Greek word meaning to empty, which figures predominantly in this passage. Listen carefully. Jesus casts aside equality with God, that which was his birthright, and he emptied himself of it and everything in this world. Jesus had it all, being co-equal and co-eternal with his Father in heaven, and yet coming into earth, he left the glories of heaven behind him. Those of us who are a little older know the story of the late Senator John McCain of Arizona. As a young man, McCain was a graduate of the Naval Academy, and in 1958 he received a commission from the U.S. Navy. He soon became a naval aviator. In 1967, while on a bombing mission, he was shot down, seriously injured, breaking both of his arms and a leg when he ejected from the, from the aircraft. He was subsequently captured by the North Vietnamese and was a prisoner of war for five and a half years. Now here's what's special about McCain. McCain's father and his grandfather were both four-star admirals in the Navy. He had a connection And the enemy wanted to exploit his relationships to their benefit. Nearly just a year into his captivity, he was offered release. The enemy hoped 
they could use his release for propaganda in order to demoralize the other POWs and get them to cooperate. But there was a code of conduct among the POWs that said that the first captured should be the first to be released. McCain was seriously injured and tortured during his imprisonment. No one would have blamed him for taking up the offer, but he refused, exposing himself to even more brutality for the next four and a half years. It was so serious, he actually attempted suicide twice and failed. McCain didn't choose this kind of service, the way of suffering. I'm sure he would have rather lived a normal, happy, privileged life into which he was born. Yet we look at Jesus, who chose to be emptied of privilege. It didn't just happen to him. He chose it. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Such was God's plan for our spiritual new life. It is expressed in Jesus' selfless action of emptying himself, taking the form of a servant. And it is lived out in his instruction to take up the cross and follow me. What price love? And Paul invites us into Christ's humble service as we take on his mindset. I don't know about you, but this is a difficult mindset, mindset to uh, adopt in our self-gratifying world. Who desires to play the role of a servant, and why? The answer really is quite simple. It is for others. Your family, your community, and your nation need people who have the mindset of Christ who willingly accept the position of a servant. And why would you accept such a role? Out of love for Christ, who gave himself for you so that your sinful desires might be overcome and you might live the Christ life. As Jesus showed us, the price of love is costly, but the reward is greater than any treasure. Like the story of the Good Samaritan, sometimes people who have the mindset of Christ in loving service might surprise you. Let me share with you one more inspiring story I read recently which illustrates this point. There was a story told by a prison chaplain who learned from three brothers named Jimenez of what price love can demand. All three Jimenez brothers were serving time in the same prison in Texas. This could only mean, he assumed, that the Jimenez brothers, sons of migrant workers, 
who had never had much access to education, were chronic lawbreakers, typical dead-enders. But he soon learned otherwise. As the chaplain spoke with the older brother, Juan, he learned that the two other brothers were both deaf. In fact, of this family, uh, original family of the five, the older brother was the only hearing member. Because the family was constantly on the move while the boys were growing up, the two deaf sons had received little in the way of special education. The family had been forced to develop their own sign language to communicate with one another. And Juan's role was clear. His job was to serve as the family's intermediary with the, he- the hearing world. Now, we all know jobs are hard to come by for children of migrants in any circumstances, but when those children are deaf, it is nearly impossible. The two deaf brothers became easy recruits for criminals searching for drug mules, low-level lawbreakers who transported illegal drugs. Not long after his two brothers were arrested, one, too, ran afoul of the law. The chaplain believed he did so deliberately in order to stay close to his brothers. After several years, the younger brother was released on parole. Six months later, when half of his 10-year sentence had been completed, Juan, too, was offered parole. He expressed his gratitude for the offer, but refused to accept it. He told the parole officer he could not leave the prison because his brother would have no means to communicate and would have been unable to complete the classroom education that had begun behind bars. So Juan accepted another five years of imprisonment just so he could help his brother. Juan's story is an eloquent testimony to the price of love. The price of love is so costly, yet Jesus spared not his own life so that he might bring new life to you and to me and to the world. Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. You see, it's in the nature of God, our triune God, to pay love's price at all costs, even death. And that's exactly what he did. Paul tells us, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So we see the participation of the entire Trinity at work on our behalf. Love's price is costly, but the rewards are great. Look at what happened to Jesus who didn't need to give his life for any reward other than knowing that his death secured our place with him in the realms of glory. He was already God's unique son. And yet Paul writes 
Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Little Bradley learned the cost of his mother's love through her service to him. John McCain foresaw that in all his pain and his sacrifice of staying with his brothers, his fellow comrades would benefit them if he could just be there to inspire them, maybe elevate their morale and encourage them to, to hang on. And Juan Jimenez sacrificed his freedom from prison for the sake of his deaf brother so that he could help his brother finish his course in prison and have a chance for a normal life after his release. But Jesus, Jesus gave up all his prestige and rightful place at God's right hand in order to give us a seat with him at God's right hand. What price, love? It is costly, but oh, so beneficial to us. There is no higher price, in fact, than the price Jesus paid in shouldering a cross, in dragging it to Calvary, in being nailed upon it, and watching his life's blood drain out along with his last breath. Here is Paul's same exhortation, only from Jesus' lips. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Amen. We confess our common Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We confess, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And He will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We pray, 
All things come from you, O God, and with gratitude we return to you what is yours. You created all that is, and with love formed us in your image. When our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. All that we are and all that we have is a trust from you. And so in gratitude for all your gifts, we offer you ourselves and all that we have in union with Christ's offering for us. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ, one through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And having set out with Jesus, our Lord, on his journey to Jerusalem, let us bring our prayers to God with humility and love. For the renewal of the church in the coming holy days, for those preparing for baptism, that they come to the waters of baptism with joy. For all missionaries of the church, for pastors, teachers, and all the people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For leaders throughout the world, that they seek the well-being of the poor, practice good stewardship of creation, and work for peace and for freedom for all. For refugees and those who provide hospitality, safety, and sustenance to victims of war. For those who serve in harm's way, and even for our enemies, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the sick, the suffering, those on our prayer list, and those who have been touched by the coronavirus. A special prayer has been requested for Randy Morton, Bob Morton's brother, who is having a serious surgery on April 9th. We ask compa you, compassionate Lord, that you would grant them hope in their despair, patience in their suffering, and healing according to your will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for our congregation, unable to meet and celebrate the communion around the Lord's table, that our desire for the table fellowship may grow, and that our hunger for this rich feast may be satisfied and truly enjoyed, and our eating and drinking of Christ's body and blood may once again fill us with faith, gratitude, and love for our brothers and sisters. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the faithful departed, Mary's uncle, Ben Callis, and Curtis Coupler, who grieved the passing of a co-worker, Fred Diner, that in their time of mourning you may give them comfort through the gospel of Jesus, who died and rose again to bring us new life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Hear our prayer, Lord God. Transform our hearts and minds during this holy week to be more like the heart and mind of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom, Lord, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let your eyes ever be fixed on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for that joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Therefore the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor 
and give you all his peace. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let it join and his praise.